Hi, it's episode 10, season 3 of the Tom Hotspur Family Podcast. My name's Jav. Joining me this week, Bex from Portsmouth. Good afternoon. And back on the pod for the first time, well, the first time since the first season that we did the podcast for a while, um, Andy Scoggins from Kansas. Huh, can't smile without you. Welcome back, Andy. <laughs> um, as it's been a while, um, just going to ask you how you got bitten by the Spurs bug why 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 Tottenham oh she was a nasty bug that bit me too um probably about I mean not a lifelong fan probably about five six years now I think it was AVB's first year um just my son was just getting into playing soccer and I played as a kid and um just wanted to refresh and try to help him out as much as I can and started watching um, a little bit of the MLS earlier before uh, EPL started um, then whenever uh, the league started started watching it and uh, really got back into it after uh, a really long hiatus or hiatus and then um, thought well you know I'm, I'm really getting back into this um, didn't want to pick any you know I essentially chose Tottenham Um don't want to pick any you know big name you know everybody's supporting united's and cities and and all of that so um did my research and i have a couple of friends from london that are spurs fans i have a glory glory knights book sitting uh on my bedside table that uh his name's john neil he sent it to me and after reading that book it was uh, pretty much it it was the history just just turned me on and uh i've been here ever since well you're a man of good taste um <laughs> right not something anybody says very often is it andy <laughs> oh <laughs> never <laughs> right okay so i have got uh, I, i'm a little bit pissed off about this um not so much that we we draw against drew against bournemouth yesterday um yet yeah, as with any game that you don't you either lose or you draw afterwards. There's always you're always a bit downbeat. That's that's fine. I, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie and say I'm not I'm not totally downbeat. But overall, I look at it. I thought I thought Bournemouth played particularly well, and you know we on another day we we might have got nothing. We got a point. The week before we played very well against West Brom. They frustrated. Um, they managed somehow to contain us for the first half. We got a point there. Um, that happens. Shit happens. I'm not too despondent um, about it, and I know that other teams in and around us, um, Arsenal, we saw that yesterday, are gonna are gonna drop points. That that's that's what happens over the course of the season. But but Bex, if I, if I come to you, yesterday's match was it was it a disappointing game? Really? No, or... not at all. I think that was a much better game than the game against West Brom. It was proper football. There was none of this. Because last week, Spurs kind of sat back. We, we were pushing against West Brom and they sat back and let us do it. And we had all of the play up until that final third. And we weren't really putting anything in the box. And yesterday was a much better game all round because Bournemouth let us play. They were playing their game of football, irrespective of what we did. And I just thought it was a much better display yesterday. And actually, for the game itself, I really enjoyed it. I was quite happy with the point, given... The fact that we were in Leverkusen on Tuesday and the fact that we've got Liverpool next Tuesday and this stage of the season, it's quite early on. So I thought yesterday was an OK result. Anybody that thought we're just going to go in and steamroll a Bournemouth again? Yeah, no, because they've had a really good close season. They got in some great players. They've had some good results. They're on, you know, they 6-1 they won last week and I know it was only against Hull, but even so, scoring six goals is never easy. So, yeah, I thought yesterday was an OK result. Andy, disappointed? Um, 
I would say yes. I mean, because I am one of them players. I mean, maybe it's from <laughs> uh, or one of them guys. Maybe it's from you know seasons past. You know, how many times have we rolled over, uh, rolled over the cherries? Um, I was really expecting. I wouldn't really say a thrashing. Th- I was expecting three, at least three, to go in. Um, and I was I was a little bit disappointed. Uh, we did we did play well. Um, Bournemouth did come out and they didn't put you know their starting eleven, their entire bit mansion, all of the you know fans behind the ball while we were trying to play our game. Um, there was a few parts in the game that really kind of upset me. Um, for one, I mean we'll probably get to it later. Um, the Musa Sissoko elbow. Uh, you have that, to that, prove that was intentional, and I really think having seen it I don't know how many times um I think you'd really struggle to prove that he absolutely meant to do that yeah yeah um, it, it was it was it's hard to to prove intent and but I mean the ball was out of play um maybe it's just you know the not liking the Jordy side of me came out and whenever I saw that happen and I was like you know what the hell is this guy doing the ball's out of play they're you know a He's just trying to go for the ball, which is, you know, every team does it. So, I don't know. That just kind of put a sore spot on me. After the um, after the match, um, Harry, another one of these players, I can't pronounce it, <coughs> names, um, Harry Arter. Ar- Arter. Um, they, I'm sure that, did they not say in the commentary, say, it almost sounded like Arteta rather than Arter. No. Yeah. Anyway, Harry Arter. Okay, he Harry Arter. That's it. Okay, because they said it as one word rather than oh, just okay, Arter. Yeah. Okay, so it sounded it sounded like um, right. Harry Arter. He um, after the match, I, I like what he said because he was very gracious and he said, "Look, I don't, I don't think he, I don't think Sissoko meant it." And you know, I'm. He came back and he said to me, "He, he didn't mean it," and, and I take his word. And and it was quite good for a fellow professional to say that because quite often, well, not often, but sometimes in, in the modern game, we see players um, simulating and, and diving and and waving um, imaginary yellow or red red cards to try to get an, uh, an opposition player sent off. And for him to come out and say that after the match, I thought was quite admirable. I thought the, the biggest contrast was earlier in the game when Lamella got booked. He went over to Dan Gosling and tried to say, look, I'm really sorry, and tried to pick him up. And Dan Gosling was like, fuck off, leave me alone. <laughs> so I thought that the differing reactions of the two players yeah. to an incident told you quite a lot. I'm sure, absolutely sure, Lamella meant to take him out. <laughs> I have no doubt of that whatsoever but it was the reaction from the Bournemouth player who was like no it, your apology means nothing to me where Harry Arter once he'd got over his little strop and half the world got involved and Lamella was like yeah alright bring it on and Vertonghen was like this is nothing um, Arter was like yeah okay hands up it was not deliberate and you didn't mean to do it and I thought that said a lot about the individual players Was Lamella a lucky boy to stay on the pitch? No. No. If you look at the second tackle, nah, there was nothing in it. The player knew exactly what was coming. Is my opinion. I think um, I've seen them given, but I, I agree with you. I, I think he was. I, I don't think the second one. Lamella got the ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen them given. I mean, it had, it had shades of Paul Gascoigne, 1990 World Cup, when he lunged to get the ball. But anyway. Um, we had a few questions. John Steggles, um, who was on the pod last week, says, for some of the first half, it looked like Bournemouth were copying by Leverkusen tactics. How many times do you think Eddie Howe watched that game? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he probably had it on a continuous loop in his living room. <laughs> that one in the Tony Pulis game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Bournemouth play like that anyway. Yeah. And we always knew that. We knew that before we went there that they weren't going to do what West Brom did. They would come out and play and that their game is actually not dissimilar to ours. They, um, as you say, the, 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 they play football. They, they don't... Yeah. They, they, and you've got to give them, got to give them credit for, for doing that. I think that over the course of the season, the likes of Liverpool and City and Arsenal will play Bournemouth and they will drop points and by the way there'll be other matches over the course of the season where they will drop drop points and as I said earlier we saw that with um uh we saw that with, with Woolwich yesterday you've 
you've just got to accept that you're not going to win every match. That's that's the reality. Okay, however good you are, even great Barcelona team, they're going to be po- games where they're going to drop points, where they're expected to win, and and they're going to drop points. Um, there's also going to be matches over the course of the season where we're not going to play particularly well, and we're going to go somewhere. We're going to come away with three points because, yeah. and that's 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 the mark of champions. Um, and I think I, I'm not going to, based on yesterday and based on last week, I'm not going to change my prediction, which is I think we're going to win the league. I'm still going to stand by that. Um, it's not on the back of beating City. It's not on the back of. Um, anything other than just looking at the overall picture and looking at our squad and I think I think we're well placed to, to do that but at the same time and I'm taking a very opt- optimistic outlook I don't think that you know I think there will be matches where we, we will drop points so I don't know why so many Spurs fans are uh, surprised and writing writing us writing us off um, I think it's because it was Bournemouth at heart they are a team who what well, this is their second season in the Premier League they are a very small club, really, on a scale of one to ten. Um, they haven't, they don't have as much history behind them, and people were expecting them to just fall apart in front of the mighty Spurs, and it was never going to happen. Eddie Howe isn't that kind of manager. No, and, and you know, give him credit where credits due. He's a great manager, and he's done great at that club. And and their season this year is, uh, you know, proved it. Um, on the back of John Stokel's question on, on um, the Champions League match, David Phipps asks, was this Champions League ha- hangover? He goes on to say he doesn't know the stats, um, but how many teams lose league games straight after playing in, in Europe? Um, we're still we're still un- unbeaten. <clears throat> I, know, I know that some people think that, that that's a bit of a monkey around our necks and, and we shouldn't keep going on about that statistic, but I, I think it's important. And I, yep. think, and I also think... Again, coming back to, and this is from Tottenham fans criticising us and saying the sh- shades of last season. I don't think last season we we got off to we 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 lost the first match and we drew quite a few. I don't think we've, apart from that, we've been beaten. I don't think we've drawn as many as we have last season. Number one, we certainly um, drew quite a few right at the beginning, the first four or five games. Um, we're playing Champions League. We're not playing Europa, so we, that's a competition that Pochettino's t- taking serious, seriously. And um, it's not going to be easy to balance the, balance the two. But the fact, the fact is, we haven't dropped a hell of a lot of points this season on the back of Champions League games. Remember a few years ago, maybe not last season, but a few years ago, when even going back to AVB's time, when we play on a Europa on a Thursday and then play the Premier League on a Sunday, and everybody was like, "Oh, we shouldn't take the Europa seriously," and this, that, and the other. We're now playing Champions League on a... OK, we played Tuesday, I suppose, the last game. But we have played on a Wednesday and then on a Saturday. And um, it, and, it, and, it, and arguably competition which is a lot more tougher and where players aren't as rested as much. Yet we've got the strength and depth, we've got the quality and, and we're getting the results. So I think that you know, goes, to, goes to show that we don't actually have a, a hangover, and, and we're, we're, we're doing quite well, considering. Well, we played Tuesday in Germany. We would have travelled back probably Wednesday, given the hour time difference. And then we must have travelled down to Bournemouth on Friday. Already to, what, maybe get one night, two nights at home, and then we're back up to Liverpool. Mm-hmm. So I think given the amount of travelling, and the weather was shit in Leverkusen on Tuesday night, it was really, it must have been a bit chilly, and it was very wet and soggy, and it can't be very pleasant playing conditions. So I think we've done all right so far. And yesterday, if you look at the top four for the league, three out of those four are playing Champions League, Cup and the domestic league. Yeah, and just so, this week along, um, let's see, City's losing right now. Yep. Uh, Leicester won. Um, yeah, but they don't really count. Yeah. Leicester won um, yesterday. Arsenal, Arsenal lost. They drew. Or, yeah, drew. Uh, when they dropped points. Yep. Um, so... That's, so it was just and Liverpool, us, and then, really, yeah. from the top four that did anything yesterday. Um, yeah, and but Liverpool, Liverpool doesn't Liverpool play don't have, No, they, well, they don't have any European games. So I think yeah. that's quite telling, is that we are holding our own. It's not like we're playing in Europe and we're 10th in the league. We're still up amongst it, and I think that says something. That unbeaten record is absolutely worth its weight in gold at the moment. 
I love that. And I will flaunt it in front of any United, Leicester, Everton fan that comes to work and says, <laughs> if they say anything on Monday, oh, well, you only managed to draw against Bournemouth, it's, yeah, but we're still unbeaten. Um, the um, the other thing that Dave Phipps brought up was um, the shots to goal ratio. I, th- I think it might have been him or somebody else that mentioned it a few weeks back on the, on the pod. Um, is that a slight concern that we're not putting away our chances? We're creating them. Yeah, not so much. Again, I thought yesterday was better than the West Brom game. There was a little bit more effort. Um, but it's still very... So we played some beautiful football yesterday. There were some lovely touches. But our actual shots on target was quite low, I think. And I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a worry right now. But I think we need to make sure that we start converting some of those. Um, just on that, now I know we've got strength and depth and people have come in and stepped up this season, but an interesting stat from last season. Um, so we had the best defence, we had the joint best defence with United, and that was <laughs> they only managed to catch, catch us up on the, on the last day of the season because of you know what and what happened on the last day of the season. But we had, we had the best defence, right? And a large part of that is, is Toby Alderweireld, who played in every game, every Premier League game last season. Um, no disrespect to Vimmer or Carter Vickers or Dyer. Um, he's not only a better player than them, he's got that understanding with, with, with Jan. And we missed him. We missed him for some of last week and we missed him um, yesterday. The other ever-present player last season in the Premier League was Harry Kane. Um, he started every match. It, there might have been some games, particularly early on. Um, I remember Stoke at home. I was there with you, Bex, where he came off and he looked a bit jaded. But he started every Premier League game last season. And in all competitions, he got 28 goals. We're missing those two players. So that's going to have a big, big impact. Although it's true that other players have come in and, and stepped up. But I think get Kane back and suddenly those converting those chances... It will happen, whether it's Kane or whether it's Kane working hard and bringing in other players. Um, I, th- you'll, I think we'll start to see that. Did we miss Alderweireld yesterday? Yeah. No. I, oh, oh I sorry. I did a great did, job. Did, yeah. We, did we miss him in terms of his? Um, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. no, okay. not, not okay. at all. No, no. He's Jam, not on the I think you missed yeah. <laughs> I missed him. I missed him. I missed yes. him and his hair. Um, I, yeah, I thought Eric Dyer was superb. We did really well. Exactly. Um, so. I, I, I think that's a really important, that's a key thing for the team as well. So even though we're missing some of our standard players, it's not a huge, oh my God, this player is out. Not the way we've had previously, you know, where a key player is out and everybody goes, oh shit, we're completely screwed. I don't think it's like that. I think Poch has that whole, you know, he can move players around. Not scoring isn't an issue yet, but I think it will become so if, I don't know if Kane takes, you know, two months to settle back into the team for whatever reason, or if we, we just need to make sure that we're scoring. And that was the thing from yesterday. I do think maybe we should have had a little bit more effort. Okay. So question from Connor Manetto from Chicago, who says for a match like today's, what are Spurs lacking? Is it an attacker who takes on defenders on the, on, on the dribble? Is it Harry? Is it, is it a Harry Kane front man? Is it more holding players in midfield? What, type of players are we missing to turn draw, draws like like these into wins? Very good question. Um, I don't I think, think we need any more holding midfielders. I no. mean, <laughs> we're, we're, we're pretty stacked there. Um, I'll, I mean, the creativity there is there. The It's just it's putting them away. It's banging them in. And that's just something that we kind of struggled with a little bit. Um, what, last week... Uh, had a, the the keeper had a worldie, and this week, I mean, it, I wouldn't say the best game of his life, but I mean, really, really good game. I mean, he had some really good saves. Granted, a lot of the shots that we took were straight to him. Um, so, no, I, I don't think we really need anything. I just think we need just to play our game and mm-hmm. to do what we do what we do. Yeah, and you know, we have players all over the pitch that can score. It's not like our entire focus is on Kane, Son, Lamella, Ericsson. Even Toby, when he's playing, he'll score. Dyer has scored. Yeah. Walker, Rose. So it's there. I think it just, 
I don't know, I guess it's it's more time, isn't it? Which everybody will say, oh, we can't afford time, we're going to lose the league, etc. But So I think we'll get there. It's just a little bit of patience for now. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, th- I think the only thing that, not necessarily about yesterday, but just generally... If you if you look at um, Sissoko is a perfect example of this. Um, Pochettino, I think, seems to be a big fan of him. He's certainly playing him a lot in the Premier Premier League. I don't think he's I don't think he's if if I had to choose the best eleven if everybody was fit. Personally, I wouldn't have him um, Uh in the in the starting eleven. But Pochettino seems to pick him a lot. I I can only assume it's because he offers that something different. He's He's very strong in the way that, for example, Dembele is, but he's powerful, getting forward. He's he's got got a good, good engine, and that's in contrast to other players that are different and bring something out, something something different to the party. Whether that's Eriksson with his creativity, Lamella with his creativity and his left foot and and his tenacious tackling, or, or Deli Ali getting in the box and, and getting each of them offer something different. So we've got so many, or, or Dembele getting the ball and gliding it past other players. Each of them offer something different. Um, what I, where I think we could have done, looked at something different yesterday, for example, would have been to have um, George and Kundu on the bench and his pace. Um, we saw it against, I think it was CSK Moscow when he came mm-hmm. off the bench. I think something like that. Um, I don't think that would have been... I, I don't think that was... Um, he that wasn't would, even on the bench. Wasn't he wasn't on the bench. No, no, no. I, I, I don't think that would have been the be all and end all. I think we, we still could have on another day. We still could have got a result. I don't think we're lacking anything. I just think that it would have been good to have that option, that mm-hmm. uh, that other um, option. His his pace. Um, the only other thing I'd say, and this brings us on to the next question from Ed Brad, who says, "Is Pochettino tactically naive, and or does he lack attacking intent?" Um, before I dissect that question, I would just say that um, I would have started Janssen up front personally, um, which I know, I know we, we had we said this a few weeks ago on, on the City Pop. Well, I said it on the City Pop after City match um, that I would have had Janssen hold, holding up and Son in behind. So I was surprised that he went for Son again. I don't I don't see Son as a. Yeah, I think he striker. struggles when he is the focus. Uh, he was really quiet yesterday. Really, seriously quiet. Um, and I don't know if that's just because Bournemouth were concentrating on marking him out of the game or what it was, but I don't think he plays particularly well when he is the man up front mm. and it's just him. I think it's it worked. Four, it, four, it, two. It, it works against City because of the way they played and because we were trying to press them and, and all of that. Um, I, I think that coming back to Ed's question I don't well I don't think any of us particularly agree that Pochettino is tactically naive I don't think it's a question of him lacking attacking intent either you've just only got to look at our football this season whether it's against City or other teams you know we create so many chances um, I, I think he I think he made a mistake in my opinion by not playing Janssen but well, you know, he's the manager he, he knows he knows best yeah, we've said this before, haven't we? Thinking that our, us armchair fans, we all know best. Only watch us make a substitution and you're like, oh yes, that's why he's the manager and I'm sat at home. Because he does, that really does know best. So, I don't, he's obviously seen something on the training ground to make him think that Sun can play there up front by himself. Um, maybe it's confidence building for Sun to see if he can do that and play that role. Don't know. But I do think oh, no. Janssen's game is more than advertised. The advertisement oh, no. uh, is that he's a striker, and I think he's doing a lot more than that. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're fine. Um, Mopo, he, he got the, the Leverkusen game the first half spot on. I mean, we were attacking um, second half. I think he just – he the Leverkusen made a change. There was a lot of space in, in front of our back four, and – we just wasn't closing balls down, and they were getting on the ball. Um, I don't know. Um, it took a little bit uh, before a sub was made, before uh, Dembele came on um, in that game. Uh, and and Victor Wanyama, I mean, granted, you know, he, he played a, a great game. He was all over the middle of that field. I think mm-hmm. he was just – it was just too much space for him to try to control himself. 
But um, as far as being uh, tactically inept or or whatever uh, Ed called it, I don't, I don't think he's naive or anything tactically. If, if he is, I'd hate to have another manager. In charge. <laughs> I, I really would, because we'd be fucks. We'd be up shit creek. I'd be scratching my hair out every week um, doing the podcast after probably watching. You know, we've got we're so lucky that we've got um, you know one of the best. Uh, yeah, what well, uh, best best coaches coaches in the in the league. Um, yep. I mean, not as tactically uh, naive as go fucking run around a bit. <laughs> he was doing the commentary yesterday. I swear to God, Andy, I kept putting it on mute <laughs> between him and Jamie Redknapp. I couldn't. I honestly couldn't listen to one word of the bullshit that came out of either of their mouths and the sucking up to Bournemouth. And the almost dismissal of Spurs. I was like, right, that's it. Fuck you, the pair of you. And the horse you rode in on. I'm off. I am not listening to this. They were just horrible yesterday. There was something that was funny. The worst thing Sky could have done. There was something funny that <coughs> Tim Sherwood said about... about um, so, <coughs> um, Sky going on about Jack Wilshire. You know, will he play a full 90? And then towards the end of the match, oh, he's going to finish his first 90. Blah, 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 blah. <coughs> Ran about half-time. Sorry. Around about half time, um, uh, Tim Sherwood says something along the lines of, um, I can't remember who it was, was it Dyer or Vertonghen? I think it was Vertonghen. Um, he uh, made some reference about trying to c- catch up with, with Wilshire and Wilshire's pace. <laughs> what pace are we talking about? Is that when he's pushing his wheelchair? <laughs> yeah, hasn't, got the, hasn't got the brakes on or, on it. Uh, yeah, I think actually, you know, from the fans' point of view, I would have loved it yesterday. Dyer completely took him out, and I think Potch said to the lads, "Just ignore him. Don't single him out for any special treatment and make him feel a victim. Just ignore him. He's not worth it." And that's exactly what they did. Could have been referring to catching up to him in the parking lot because Wilshire <laughs> has that very front spot, the handicapped spot. And so you know, everybody else has to park in the back of the parking lot just to catch up to him. Um, I just, before we talk a little bit more about Leverkusen, final thing on Bournemouth, a question from Oliver Lee from Wisconsin who says, um, am I the only one who finds it hard to dislike Bournemouth? Eddie Howe is class mm-hmm. and even at Harry Arter came out after the game, we sort of saying earlier about Sokoso's elbow, was probably an accident. Sissoko! Sissoko. Thank you. <laughs> the new Ben Slab. Um, Howe even <laughs> said, paraphrasing, he was glad it wasn't a red card. They're obviously not Tottenham, but there is something likeable about the Cherries. That said, I, I still want, want to do I still want to batter them at the lane. And then he goes on to say, obviously, Wilshire is still scum. Probably goes without saying, though. Um, yeah, there's, there's nothing to dislike about them. They're one of these, this sounds very patronising, they're one of these sort of plucky little teams that play good football um, that you don't feel threatened by. Is that yeah. fair enough? They're, they're not really, and they're not really, uh, they're a light Swansea in a way, I, I find. Yeah. Um, you can appreciate what they're doing. There's a good ethos. The manager's quite nice. Um, uh, yeah. I think Eddie Howe knows what he's doing. The only slight thing I have, the reservation I have about Eddie Howe, is of course he was Harry Redknapp's assistant manager for so long. Mm. Um, and Redknapp was there in the ground yesterday, and old King Jamie was talking bollocks as normal. But I don't know anybody that actively dislikes Eddie Howe. And talking about the England job, lots of people talking about him taking the England job, which I think he will, ultimately. Um, But right now, he's very happy at Bournemouth. He, for his own sanity, I think, needs to stay there, build up his reputation, see how he gets on with Bournemouth before he moves to somewhere else. But he is a good manager, I think. Okay. Um, Leverkusen, middle of the week. Um, It's a game of two halves, I think, pretty much. No, first, absolutely. first half, first half we did did really well. Second half, I think we were, we were under quite a bit of pressure. And looking back at it now, nil nil, coming away away from home with a point, it's a good result. That save. And that save, yeah. <laughs> that save. Is it no further words needed? Um, the goal line technology afterwards. Not sure if you saw it, Andy. If they televised that in the states, 
the ball was yeah. mostly over the line. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was just oh, there was so close to. I just I knew it was in. I just absolutely knew it, and <laughs> by that little prick to Torito too. Um, he was a yeah. real little whinge bag on Tuesday night. Somebody should have just smacked him in the mouth and said, "I'll play like a <laughs> fucking man or go home." Oh yeah, yeah. I've never liked him. You know, since his days at United, he plays for you know um, El Tree, and the, the, the rivalry between the U.S. men's national team and El Tree is, you know, unprecedented and. He's just a little shit. I just don't like him. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> um, Larice, uh, I've been critical of his distribution <laughs> and his and his and his kick, kicking. Um, but you know, he's making what he does very well. He, he makes those saves. He makes not just the world class saves, but the bread and butter saves as well, which are quite important. Um, and he's consistent over the course of the season. And how many? We, I said it earlier about. Um, uh, out of Arald and Kane being cr- so crucial to, for us mm-hmm. last season. Um, Larice, how many points did he win us last season? So, um, yeah, I, I might, I might retract what I said about it. <laughs> um, I think what, what I'd say is I think Vaughan will start on on Tuesday um, in the yeah. cup. Um, yeah. But I'm quite if if we if Larice got injured today, it would be a blow. But I've I've got every confidence in what from what I saw of Vorm earlier this season. Um, we've got yeah. Vorm just needs a couple of games to set yeah. him back in the side. I think he really should play on Tuesday night. The question is, what about the rest of the team? Does Poch leave it with the same team that played Gillingham, or does he lift it a little bit? Okay, let, let, let's go, Annie. Oh, I was going to say I think he leaves it. Um, I mean, it's. It's the League Cup. It's I wouldn't really put it as a top priority, especially with the, the round of games that we have coming up. I mean, we have you know Woolwich coming up. We you know we're having to go back to Champions League. It's um, it's not worth the risk of getting somebody important to you know our squad hurt. Yes. Um, and plus, I mean. All these kids, they they need playing time, and we have mm-hmm. we see a lot of them on the bench. Um, Cameron Carter Vickers is on the bench bench pretty regularly, um, so getting them, you know, game time, you know, get them, you know, up to speed is is crucial, I think. Okay, so on um, on that match, um, if you were going to go for, I'm just looking at. Uh, I can I can off the top of my head remember the lineup against against Gillingham, but I was just going to qualify what what am I about to say? So I think he will go for pretty much the same team that he went for against Gillingham, which will be Vorm in goal, um, Trippier and Davis the fullbacks, and I think he'll go for Carter Vickers and Vimmer. And then this is where it gets interesting: the, the balance in the rest of the team. I think he'll probably go for Janssen up front, and then I think he will go with. Two holding players, Winks. He went for Carroll against Gillingham. I think, and I, I hope, he goes for Dembele. Um, only because I think um, Dembele needs some more matches and and he'll get an opportunity, potentially, if he plays. And also, it'll give us a bit more strength and experience on the pitch. And then against Gillingham, he went for Lamella, Eriksson and Josh Onoma. Um, do you go for the same three? I mean, Josh Onoma, fine, okay, if you want to play one of the youngsters, but do you go with with Lamello or Ericsson, or do you, dare I say it, give somebody like Edwards a chance? Marcus Edwards is too young and doesn't have the experience. Don't forget, if this is a White Hart Lane, I think Poch might do, but it's the fact that it's away. So he doesn't have a a whole crowd behind him, um, and I think Poch would hesitate slightly before putting Marcus Edwards, especially in somewhere like Anfield. Hmm. where they aren't always very nice. Um, so I don't think he'll play Marcus Edwards from the start. It might bring him on yeah. later, but not a, not from the outset. I see no reason why he should split that team up from the game against Gilliam. I think that was okay. One of Ericsson's best games this season. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, do that again. See how it goes. If I was going to push you both for a prediction for that match... Go ahead, Bex. 3-1. 2. 
Us. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll say one one. Um, there'll be a replay, and then we'll smash them three nil. Is this? Is does it go to replays at this level? I think. I think it might be settled on the night. I think it goes extra oh, time. Oh, I think it might yeah. do. Yeah. yeah which is the one thing we don't want is extra time. Yeah, and if he's going to play Ericsson and Lamella, then I don't want them playing extra time because we've got Leicester next weekend. Yeah. No. All right, I'm going to come out and say it. I think we're going to probably lose the match, um, but I'm going to predict the three-two win to us. Okay. That's sitting on the fence, hedging your bets. Okay. Fair enough. Um, Leicester City um, on Saturday. Predictions for that? We're going to smash them up, aren't we? I really fucking hope so. I absolutely would love that um, in a best Kevin Keegan style. But they had a good win yesterday, only against Palace, admittedly. But three-one is quite a convincing win. Be I, mean, I think we, I think we'll do a two-one win against Leicester. Mm. I think that I don't think they've they've got any results away from home this season. I think most of their victories have been at home. Yeah, Ranieri's um, already said he's very unhappy about their um, duality. You know, they it's all very well for them to go into the Champions League and win their first three games. Yeah, but. They've been shit in the Premier League. They're not gonna. They will not hold that title this year. I mean, they are way off the pace already. They are twelfth in the table after oh, nine shit. matches, eleven points, and a minus four goal difference. Um, and that's after Ooh. winning yesterday. Uh, maybe they're just, just putting all their. Uh, maybe rather just putting all their cookies in the Champions League bag. They're just going to win the Champions League. That's what it is. Yeah, don't joke about things like that because the Leicester fan said that to me last week and I didn't know whether to laugh or slap him. <laughs> but as he's six foot two, I decided against slapping him. Um, yeah, I was gently amused, shall we say. Seriously, you're going to win the Champions League. But equally, like he said, nobody said we, everybody said we couldn't win the, league, the Premier League last year and yet we did. So yeah. um, The only... Um... Result they've got away from home was in the Champions League against Bruges, and they won three nil. Every other match they've lost away from home. Um, so, Please don't let them lose that record against us. Yeah, you can just see it. <laughs> I, I just I can't see I I just can't see it there. I I think we'll probably win two one. Right. Um, before we finish off with a few more questions, Bex, how have the Spurs ladies been doing? They've been flying this season. <laughs> so. Um, the girls, as I said last week, they play a lot more cup matches than they than they do um, in the boys' side of life. So on Tuesday night, whilst I was watching the Leverkusen game, I was following the girls playing um, their cup game on Twitter. And I do, in fact, seriously think that BT Sport and Sky Sports should seriously consider televising the girls' games because they appear to be a lot more entertaining than the boys' game. So the lads' game ended up 0-0. The girls smacked 12 past their opposition on Tuesday night. Wow. Which is pretty good. And on the back of the fact that they beat, um, they won 9-1 the previous weekend, 21 goals in two games. That's all. So, yeah, I know. Disappointing, <laughs> hey. Um, <laughs> so, um, that was, it, they were, both games were against uh, oppositions from much lower leagues. But even so, that's still a fairly impressive scoreline. Is the equivalent of Spurs playing like a League Two side, but even so, so it's not bad. Um, so for all the statos and everybody who thinks they know everything about men's football, please tell me: it, has there ever been a game at any level where three different players have scored a hat trick in the same match, which is what the ladies did on Tuesday night? Nikita Winnett, Kelly Blanchflower, and Abby Benstead all scored their hat tricks. So um, statos, go away. See if you can research this. And see if you can find out. I'm just really interested. So if somebody comes back with with a winning answer, are we going to give oh, them like, a, um, a board of any sort? A round of applause? I don't yeah, know. That'll do. That'll do. We'll, we'll, Packet we'll of polo mints. We will. A round of applause, and um, and also you're expected to send the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast something. You know, whether that be cake or chocolates or, or some, something that we can. Cake, um, definitely cake. Yeah, yeah that, that's how it works. Um, so, so that was it from this week. So the girls, like say, two two games, they're two successive games, they've scored 21 goals. If they don't score a whole heap today, I will be absolutely gutted. So having said that, 
their game is nil-nil at the moment and they're playing in a cup game um, against Enfield Town at Chesson. So that kicked off at two o'clock and as of now, there is no score currently. How disappointing. That's a whole 30 minutes they've played without scoring. That's got to be some kind of record in its own right. Um, <laughs> well, it has, hasn't it, really? So the girls are doing very well at the moment because they've played two successive cup matches. They've had no league match, so they're still fourth in the league. Um, but that's OK because nobody else has played a league match. They do play um, in the league next weekend. They're playing Basildon LFC and they're playing at Canby Island. Um, and that's at two o'clock. So that's their next league match. But I'm fairly sure that at the moment, Karen Hills, uh, the manager, is quite happy with the way it's going. OK. Um, let's finish off with a few questions. Um, at Thom 1K says, have, te- have teams worked out how to counter our counter-pressing? Hmm. Well, I don't know, because the West Brom game was just Pulis being a twat and playing his we're-not-going-to-lose game, which is all it was. And I think yesterday's game against Bournemouth was just a much more entertaining game. Danny Murphy said it, actually, on Match of the Day. The most entertaining nil-nil draw he's seen in a long time. And I think he's about right. Mm. So I don't think it's about countering our counter-pressing. I think it's just individual teams making or restricting us, perhaps, or just playing their own game and seeing how we react to that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't think that um, teams are starting. I mean, we've been playing this for how long now? And just now, all of a sudden, be oh, crap, this is how you beat Spurs. No, it's, I mean, mm. we're just playing our game. And depending on who we're playing against, aside from the Tony Pulis side, um, are playing their game. I mean, Eddie Howe had them really coached up. I mean, they were playing at home. They just came off of a great win. Um, scoring six goals, so I think it was just they was playing their game, and we were unlucky on you know the that one lamella that just binged off the bar, and mm. so I, I think, don't think so. I think teams, even if you go back all the way to when you know AVB before, and there was, there was this style of football was different. Harry Redknapp was manager, particularly Ooh. particularly. A, did you just have a moment there when I mentioned Harry? Oh, sorry, no. Um, Hang on a minute, he's up. Uh, no, Wendy Martin has just scored. So the goal, so the score is 1 0. Excellent. Sorry, I like it best when that happens. Anyway, sorry. Please there, there was me thinking that the, the, the mention of the name <laughs> Harry Redknapp has got you all flustered. Um, I'd like to stab the man in all truth, but that's a separate conversation. So if, anyway. if you go back to when, when Harry Redknapp was manager, particularly at White Hart Lane, teams would come and frustrate. So, and, that, and that's the case now, but even also away from home, um, because. You know, you, you, you go to somewhere like West Brom and Spurs play as though they're the home team and, and West Brom are, 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 are just trying to make life difficult. And that, to me, isn't necessarily to do with figuring out how we play. It's more firstly to do with respect, that people respect Tottenham. Um, I think, ultimately, it doesn't matter who we play or who we come up against and how they decide to... Um, uh, line up against game show. so that whoever it is, if they've done their homework, that they'll make it as difficult as possible in 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 however way they do it. Whether that's parking the bus or whether that's trying to play it, play us our own game and press us. Ultimately, I think if we if we play our game and we're at, we're at our very best, I think we're unstoppable. Particularly if we get the ball out quickly and don't allow teams to reshape and get men behind the ball if we if we move the ball quickly then i think we can damage teams also if we if we going back to what i said earlier if for example we have somebody like um george and can do on the pitch and we use the width a bit more then i think that would that would damage teams sometimes we have a tendency to play it through the middle um i think we're, we're at our best when we mix it up like for example if we you know, having a Toby Alderweireld on the pitch, hit, hitting that long ball to um, Deli Elliott every now and then. I think being able to play both ways, whether that's long ball or whether that's using the width from the fullbacks or from wide players or whether it's intricate pa- passing in the middle, you've got to you've got to be able to mix it up. And and when we do that, and when when we're at our very best, it doesn't matter what team we play against. 
I think we're that that good. Um, and, you know, this isn't this is a recent ph- uh, phenomenon. This is on this is something that's happened over the last 18, 18 months. Um, and it, again, back to yesterday's results, it annoys me when 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 Spurs fans say, "Oh, it's same old Tottenham." Because they're basing that on 25 or 30 or 40 years of following Spurs. What we're seeing now is very, very different. Um, we've got a very good team, very good squad, very good um, coach. So I think when we're when we're when we're on on top of our game, it doesn't matter um, what the opposition do. Uh, right. Yeah, I mean Next. that's just kind of the question: Is this a bit? Is it because of the injury to Harry Kane that we're not at that stage? Um, let's look at it another way. If if Harry Kane was fit and available, um, we could still go to Bournemouth and we could still end up getting coming away coming away with a nil nil. I think the, the big difference is if you have a Harry Kane and you have an out of and you've got all of these options, it just helps in so far as we've got so many games: Champions League, League, Champions League, um, League, League Cup, so forth. That that's where it where it makes a big difference. And the fact is. We haven't got him, so we haven't got Alvaro either. So it puts a little bit of pressure, um, but uh, I'm not I'm not too concerned. Um, by the way, um, if we'd won, just the flip flip side of yesterday and the the disappointment um, echoed by some fans. If we had won yesterday, we would have gone top of the league, right? Um, and assuming the other results stayed the way, way they are, we, st- we still would have been top of the league today. And don't get me wrong, I would love that, you would love that, Bex, Andy, you'd love that, every Spurs fan would, would love that. But it means fuck all. At this it means nothing. Th- it means nothing at this point of the season. It means sweet FA. Um, we've just got to have a little bit of perspective here. There's, is this is, this to- whole top of the league thing, though, this is invented by Sky, isn't it? Oh, look, Spurs will go top of the league. Right, OK, and then what? It's fucking October. I don't yeah. care about going top of the league in October. It means jack shit. It doesn't mean anything until May. So leave us alone. Let us do our own thing. Don't try to make this something that it isn't the way they did last season. I, I was a big fan just because of my age and growing up. I was a big, not fan, but no, I, I, I admired I admired the United teams under Ferguson in the, in the 90s. Um, that They were there. You couldn't. Avoid them. That that that's. I was growing up, so, and and they did their thing, and you have to respect Ferguson and um, his teams didn't necessarily. They weren't necessarily top of the league in October or, or November. What they were very good at was putting together a run of games, usually from about March onwards, on seasons when they did win the league. Sometimes earlier, sometimes January, and that's where it counts. Um, as long as come. First of January, when it's like the halfway point, if we're still, you know, in the top two, top three, top two, and that that that's good enough. After that, we need to be able to push on and not fall apart as we did to some degree last season. Then that's when we need to put a run together. Titles aren't won in well in October. Um, talking of Spurs sides and winning things and and doing things. Um, with glory, Paul Esau says, "Would you want a Spurs side made up of players that you hated or didn't rate, but we won things on a regular basis, or a side made up of players you rated and love but always fall short?" See, I looked at that question this morning, and um, and as I said to Emma, who was here, that's Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> in that case, I'd be an Arsenal fan, wouldn't I? Depends how you define hate. <laughs> Right, <laughs> but the, the uh, second part of the question is that's what we have now. Yeah, you know, players that everybody loves because we do. Don't get me wrong; I, there's not a single Spurs player at the moment that I think I really don't like you. They are my boys, and I will defend every single one of them to the death. But so yeah, that's what we have. It never. Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't always pan out the way you want it to. You know that thing at Newcastle at the end of last season but I would rather have what we have than what that red lot up the road have okay if you had see, it, to me it, it, it's how, how you define hate if you had a team of um, players like a John Terry and a Jack Wilshire and I don't know Diego Costa and you had those sort of players playing for Tottenham but we were winning trophies would you settle for that no 
I like it the way it is. Fair enough. Okay. Would you settle for a situation where you've got some players that you don't necessarily have the real... You don't hate them, in, in like a Terry or a, or a Wiltshire or whatever, but you don't really have that affinity towards them or, or, or like them in the way that we like the players now. And, and they might not be the most exciting players to watch, um, but they, get, they win you the title. Would you take that? Andy? Oh, you got to love the team. I mean... <laughs> I mean, if you don't like the your team who you you know who you support, then what? How satisfying is winning a title going to be? Yeah, I, mean, I think you just have to love the players. You have to love the team. I mean, you don't necessarily have to like all of them. I mean, but the majority of them, yeah. I mean, it's just like having a team of of Soul Campbells and Eddie Bayors and John Terry, Jack Wilshire, managed by um, Tim Sherwood. Managed by Tim Sherwood with, you know, his assistant coach is the, the, the puffy jacket. George Graham. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, the man. Like, yeah. And you have Jamie Redknapp sitting on the bench next to him. Oh, God. Yeah, I'd rather win nothing. I think those guys are poisonous beyond all belief. But I'm guessing, do Chelsea fans hate John Terry? Do they hate Costa? The Gooners hate Jack Wilshire. No, of course they don't. They love him. That's just because they're all idiots. Yeah, they are very misguided. But, you know, it's the way it goes. Mm. Now, know, interesting question, though. Thanks, Paul. I would I would go along with with, 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 with what you said. You, you've got to love your team. Um, and it'd be very difficult following Tottenham if it becomes laborious and, and, and you've got players that... You know, you you just despise. Um, when was the last time for either of you that we had a player in our team that you really didn't like? Adibayor. Yeah. Yeah, Adibayor. Um, mm. It's hard to think of another player that you don't like. Before, yeah, before him. Um, and actually, Adibayor had some great games for us. There were lots of there were lots of mediocre, average players that played for Tottenham. For example, in the in the early noughties, that I just didn't have any feeling towards them, and and we weren't doing well, and we weren't winning as many matches as we are now. So, um, yeah, maybe if that's if 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 we were more successful with some of those average players, um, I'd, I'd accept it. But yeah, uh, diff- I was I was never a huge fan of um, Asuokoda. I didn't you didn't actively him. dislike the man, did yeah, you? Yeah, I, did, I didn't actively dislike him. I wasn't a fan of him. I mean, but in the past, I mean, in my tenure, um, them two would probably be my least favorite players. Bex, if I'd piss you, is there a player that stands out that you just... There's nobody, because it doesn't matter. They are my team. Mm. And then it goes back to what you said about Chelsea fans and, and, and yeah. Terry and, yeah. Because they are they are playing for my team, and therefore they are they kind of belong to me, but sort of you know, um, and I can't not like them. I can hate them all when they leave. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, you know, Judas wouldn't. I'd be happy if he never saw the light of day ever again. But whilst he was at the club, and whilst he was playing for us, he was really good, and nobody hated him then. So it's City of perspective. It. City have equalised, by the way. Eniacho, mm-hmm. one all. Um, 20 minutes left. Okay, final two questions. John Stokels asks, how does the panel deal with a frustrating match or loss? Alcohol. Lots of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I can't top that. <laughs> um, lots of what? rage. Lots of shouting. And nobody in the office the next day will even discuss football with me. It's just not worth it. Yeah, I don't think I do. I think I'm, I, I get I get into a, I get a bit moody, um, and as for when I'm back at work, I just I just don't bring up football. And if that and if people, it's, it's funny. All the Arsenal fans at work will mention football as soon as Spurs lose. You never hear them going going on about their team or, or anything else. As soon as we lose, that's when that's when that 
they come out of the woodwork um uh and often when i when they do i just try not to i try not to um sleep to their level and just just rise above it all but um i, I generally don't deal well with Tottenham leave it, it i'm not it good at scre- losing it screws up the rest of your day you just yeah. sort of feel particularly i find um and i guess it's different with you in the states andy because of the the time difference but like yesterday yeah. for example it was a 12 12:30 kickoff here which is relatively early now if that had been later in the day then fine but it was 12:30 i've still got to get through the rest of my day that makes yeah. it worse um okay on on the flip side of that that was a uh, six o'clock game a 6 a.m <laughs> game for me um so my day i mean yeah your day it was, is it was very... already longer <laughs> <laughs> is it bad to start drinking at, at eight o'clock in the morning <laughs> um no but i mean let's see watch the game you know obviously wasn't you know too pleased uh with outcome um but how i coped with it yesterday um i was a linesman for a u14 game and i had to call my own son offsides um <laughs> that xander did not like that one bit um and then we went to a concert last night um as lions uh came in with uh, shine down and five finger death punch and some good hard metal singing your ass off some good beer always always brightens your day okay final question Nick Phil asks if you could be any Spurs player past or present who would you be yeah um yeah, we're talking I would yeah, be talking yeah, just because it would be really nice to be one of the double winning team just for the glory that gives you I think but they, from a financial reward side of things, you'd mm. quite like to be a current player, I suspect. Okay. Or, yeah, I just think it's really tough. Bertongan because he's got a big dick. <laughs> oh, okay, enough said. That's, that's, a, good, that's a good reason. Um, uh, Bex, what about Lamella? You wouldn't like to be Lamella? I wouldn't like to be Lamella, no. I would like she to would stroke like Lamella and put Lamella in a, in a glass box but in it, the corner so I can look at him on a regular basis. But, but if, you were, if you were Lamella, but with you inside, <laughs> then you could just look at the mirror and stroke yourself. No, 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 no. See, that wouldn't be right. But, I, you know, to admire him is as a whole separate conversation altogether. <laughs> I would like to be Paul Gascoigne simply because um, when I was a kid, um, he was one of my favourite players and he was a great footballer and um, he would also he also was one of these players who was a bit of a joker and and, and, and had a laugh off um, on and off the pitch so um, it would be fun if you were I think it, I think it would be fun or maybe of the, of the current team I think Come on, you know you want to say it. Ali, Ali, Ali. No, no, I'm not going to say Alvaro. Um, maybe somebody like uh, Dyer or Ali. Just, just that whole to be, to be one of those, and to be in and around them and the banter and everything. It, it, it seems like a happy place to be. Yeah, the fun element of it. Yeah. And of course, you know, footballers these days are very much more pampered and looked after. Um, but on the downside, I think they have that detachment from the fans. So maybe the double, somebody from the double winning side, you know, in the pub afterwards with the fans. Um, but that whole kudos for having done it. I just think to be one of those players, even now, still carries so much weight, and they still get the reverence from the Spurs fans. If you could be one of the Spurs ladies, Bex, who would you be? I don't know. Nikita Winner is banging in goals all over the place, um, but then I, again, see, you don't see, don't find out so much about the the ladies team. It's all much more. There's not quite so much exposure on social media, etc. Is there? No. Um, I like that question. Um, I'm going to save that question that Nick's um, submitted for for future pods. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, the next podcast will be on Sunday. We're recording on Sunday. Um, hopefully we will have a new 
um, voice on the podcast. Um, uh, somebody making their debut. Um, we shall see. Um, Bex, as ever, thank you. Thank you very much. Andy, thank you. Good to have you back on the pod. Thank you for having me. Right, and on that note, the future's bright, the future's really white. Good night. Gods have failed as men are hailed and faces in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out.